Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Morning, afternoon or evening guys, this is Heavy Metal Tones with your podcast host Tony Evans. Um, I'm going to give you a bit of advance warning, there's will be shuffling noises, Ooh, paper, because I've got lots of notes, um, and I'm a bit, I am very sore, so turning to get my tea is causing me some pain. I went to, um, to see a fantastic Iron Maiden tribute band on the weekend just gone. Uh, they're called Aces High, the Australian Iron Maiden tribute band, uh, fronted by an amazing female vocalist, Son, um, and they're just brilliant. And I took my nephew there, and it's been a, it's been about I don't know almost a year between drinks for me at gigs. So four or five heavy German beers later, and let's just say I'm a, have a massive bangover. Um, so my neck is like. 90 year olds it really is anyway it's the uh, price you pay but well worth it in my in my mind uh, they were supported by a, a, a Guns N' Roses tribute act um, not a fan I don't enjoy Guns N' Roses so I enjoyed Paradise City when they played and they were very talented musicians don't get me wrong we're not I'm not up there playing they're good on them but uh, two hours of Maiden uh, and honestly just go to my new Facebook page, uh, Heavy Metal Tones, guys. You can also message me there. Um, and there's some photographs of the latest gig and a little review, so it might be worth you popping over. Also, while I'm plugging, seamlessly plugging, I'd like to... I don't know if I mentioned it before on the podcast, but I had the privilege of interviewing so said Mr. Tony Martin of He of Black Sabbath and other things. Um a couple of a month or so ago and it's now it was uh, for the Australian magazine online magazine called Metal Ruse that's metalruse.com for all your underground and metal needs whether you be in Australia or overseas Metal Ruse is the place to go uh, I will put a link in the show notes um, below and it's also on my Facebook page um, 
you will find uh, also an audio rip on Spotify. I will put that that way as well. So if you want more of my lovely dulcet tones, um, head over there and have a listen to me. Learned a lot from him. It's quite a long interview. It's about 50 minutes. Um, I couldn't pack in all I had to ask him in 15. It was impossible. And he wanted to chat. So uh, it was good. He had his tea. I had my tea. Two old men talking about music. It was really good. Anyway, so this week's episode. Right. After that's over. One second. Ow. Um, this week's episode, as you can see by the by the uh, the title, is about two very very similar, but so very disparately different uh, musical spoofs uh, that have become deeply ingrained in my psyche and probably the psyche of everyone out there listening. Whether you're new to metal or new to heavy rock, you will know something about this, I am absolutely sure. So uh, it's basically the first part we're going to talk about Spinal Tap uh, and then on the B side we're going to talk about bad news. Now what can I pack in in a short time about Spinal Tap? So a quick brief overview for those who don't know Spinal Tap is if you've been living on another planet um, or you are so new that you have no idea. So Spinal Tap was first conceived in uh, for a TV sketch show uh, in New York in 1979. Um, it was just a, a small uh, couple of minute um, segment but it, uh, it proved very popular. Um, it's basically a. It was then about a. It's about a heavy metal band from England, who are on the wane. So they've had their moment, and they're it's sort of dying off. I mean, this is '79, so when they when they wrote this first sketch, so it was before new album, and at the height of punk, so metal was sort of dying off, and uh, it was it was um, Rob Reiner, uh, the famous. American writer and comedian director um, wrote the sketch. It's got Michael McKean. Um, it's got uh, um, Christopher Guest, and it's got Harry Shearer. They're the three main. So Michael McKean plays the blonde guitarist. Guest is the second guitarist, and uh, Harry Shearer of the Simpsons, and plays Mc uh, and so is McKean as well. All three of them actually um, is the bass player. Uh, and they have amazing, although the names weren't given to them in the TV series, in the TV sketch show, it wasn't until the movie was produced they had, they were given their names. I've tried to find the TV clip, I can't, for those of you can, that'd be great, let me know. It's probably on YouTube and I'm just not looking for it correctly. Um, it's, it, it, um, they've produced lots of albums, well, lots of albums, a couple of albums. They are all musicians, interestingly, like, uh, you'd think that it would be dubbed over, it would be colorways, different musicians playing, but all three of them um, actually play their own guitars, uh, and the drummer and the keyboard player were from um, from 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 already the Audion bands. Um, I made notes here. Let me just get you here. Oh, yeah, so um, uh, the keyboard player, David Caff. Uh, or Viv Savage is his, is his, his movie name um, was from um, a band called The Bird and RJ Parnell's drummer he was from Atomic Rooster so you know these are I mean I don't know about The Bird a rare bird a rare bird I, I don't know what 
How did Tony Martin? I do know about Rare Bird. Um, Rare Bird and um, Atomic Rooster. So quite big names from the six, late 60s to early 70s uh, in, in America. Um, so they go and set about... I think that sketch was sort of put aside um, and then played again on Saturday Night Live a few different times and different ver- uh, variations. And then what with the zeitgeist of the moment uh, and the the... the the massive explosion of heavy metal in the UK uh, from 80 to 83 uh, new wave new album or new wave of British heavy metal um, I think they decided well there's there's legs in this this make a movie so they went into the UK and they shot this movie now I'm not gonna go about the full story of it I don't want to break down the whole um, uh, the whole story least as to say it's about a band that so they're on their tour it's a comeback tour um, and they're playing really shitty venues uh, they're playing like they're, they they are one at one point they're playing on the bill where the Muppets are above them <laughs> and then they get the names <coughs> misspelled like spinal top and uh, they play air they play an air for but Air Force base um, you know and it's basically sort of it's a great sort of vox pop kind of um, uh, gonzo uh, filmmaking style where you've got like you know behind the scenes shots where they're, they're walking around to try and find the stage and it takes them like you know um, a good five minutes of wandering around back to get onto the stage because they just can't find their way on you know um, uh, they have these big pods that come down and Harry Shearer is this you know hairy bass player looks a bit like Lemmy and I think he probably is almost based on Lemmy um, it can't get out the pod and they're trying to get him out the roadie's trying to get him out and the song finishes and he comes out and ta-da he has to go back in the pod quickly and it shuts on him um, they order a, um, a Stonehenge now they, they, Nigel um, the second guitarist played by Guest is done brilliantly now I know Guest is English by birth so he got this quite he got this really well but uh, he's got that sort of thick um, that you, if you dig deep into your thoughts and you think about how uh, we think about uh, what people what people out in the street think of heavy metal musicians, not so much now I don't think, but maybe back 20, 15 years ago, 20 years ago they all thought we were stupid because it was Neanderthal type music wasn't it, it was hard and fast and aggressive so we're all really stupid it's like trying to say that all punks are stupid which is absolutely atrociously uh, wrong and right off as I mentioned last week very intelligent people um, most of them so you know he had this great sort of chewing gum stupid feel like you know there's a there's a bit where um, he, he falls over and he can't get up and they're spinning him around you know and he's got a guitar solo on the floor um, you know they ask him what we want to be if he wasn't in the band and he'd say he said he'd want to be a haberdasher he wanted to sell ham. He wanted to sell bags, and <laughs> you know, um, he's got a T-shirt on. It's got you know a replica of his his chest, like like a one of those eighties T-shirts with a with a skeleton chest on there, the ribs. And he's like, you know, it's not the actual colour of my skeleton, but it's not you know it's the representation. It's just so 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 fantastically grabbing the zeitgeist of the moment, you know, and of course it's full of wonderful quotes. So yeah, so so back to well, sorry, bass side track. So yeah, they can't get 
Um, they're trying to get a comeback. They're trying to get a comeback album. Um, they have a manager who's very, very, very similar to my Iron Maiden's Ron Smallwood. He carries a cricket bat around with him and he takes no shit from no one. But they get rid of him, or he leaves. I can't remember now. I think he, I think he gets sacked. And um, McKinnon's character um, decides that he's going to hire his his um, his wife um, to do management and um, to do costumes, which is really really stupid. Um, because she has no idea. There's a great line where she says, uh, "They're listening back to the album, which is um, the, the which it was called Smell the Glove." And there was a time back in the early 80s, and I God, I love this time, and I, I really do love this time back then, when album covers were, let's be honest, there, there was a, a wild west frontier of artwork, like video nasties, anything went, right? And so some stuff was really sexist, sorry, I'm not condoning sexism, but some of it was sexist, some of it was vile, some of it was really badly drawn. And they had an album, they got an album called Smell the Glove, which, let's be honest, is is a fantastic um, pastiche on some of the uh, the British albums that were coming out around that time, and the original picture was a lady with a dog collar on all fours, being held and smelling a glove in front of her. Now, yes, it's offensive, possibly for wokes out there, it's very offensive. Um, I don't give it. I, I personally don't. I think it's for personal taste. Anyway. Uh, they can't get it printed, so they just get it made in the album. It comes in just completely black, and there's a great bit where they pull out the black cover. They're going through the records. They've just got them in, and they pull it out, and it's jet black. And they're, and they're all moaning about it. And then <laughs> Nigel Tufnell, that's um, that's Guest's character, he goes, "How black can you get, man? It's so black. It's like black, black. You know, it's like they're trying to justify the cock up." Um, that they've got, you know, they're doing, um, and anyway, she, they're playing the album and saying, no, it's not really recorded it well, I can't really, I don't like the sound, it, and, and um, she, st she chimes in and goes, well, what do you expect, well, you can't really record heavy metal in Dobley, and, and <laughs> so, you know, they're all looking aghast, you know, Dolby, Dolby, you know, um, but, you know, so that, that goes wrong, Nigel leaves, um, and then they, they get back together again and they just keep touring. There's a there's some just wonderfully sad pathos moments and, um, where they're watching the TV and because originally the band was the his, the myth of the band is they were formed in 69 as a, a, a hippie band and called the um, the flower people the flower men oh my god people are going to kill me if I get that wrong um, anyway uh, one second. The originals originally, sorry, the originals. Then the Thamesman, not the Flower. Um, and and they, it finishes, and then some hear the radio, or the TV now say, and that's where the and that's the Thamesman from the where are they now file, which is really offensive, isn't it? You know, uh, poor buggers. Um, and then they're sitting there being interviewed, talking about their many drummers, because the 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 joke is that they have. Or every drummer they get dies, that like explodes on stage. Like one of them, uh, one of the band members, chokes on his own vomit, and I love it because Nigel goes, "Well, you know, they couldn't tell if it was suicide or murder." And um, 
And he goes, what do you mean? He choked on his own vomit. And he goes, well, you know, the FBI, they can't dust for vomit. Which I think is... <laughs> just, you know, just sumptuous writing. Um, and then, of course, you get... Um, you know, like, they're reviewing... They're looking at the reviews for the albums. You know, Intravenous de Milo. Oh, God, brilliant. Um, the one called Shark Sandwich. And um, and the, the, it's a two-word review. It says a shit sandwich. And they said, they can't say that, can they? They can't say that. Oh, and then they've got one where it says on the seven day, um, on six days, God created the day, uh, so God created the earth on six days, on the seventh day, he created Spinal Tap, right? Um, and it's just, there's so many quotes. I mean, it's got some really interesting, um, really interesting bit parts in it. You know, Fran Drescher appears, uh, in the party in New York, um, you know, um, the, the bit where they attack the poor guy behind the counter and call him a faggot, and ah, oh, because they wouldn't get him the hotel room that he that they think they were going to get. Um, uh, but also, not just that, the, the song. So they released an album. They ran they released the, the, the soundtrack, which I have. Um, I won't go into all the albums because I don't want to go into track by track. This is about the the, the TV show, um, uh, and they had great. I mean, songs on it. Now, this started, sorry if this is going to offend people, but songs that I absolutely love, and I will find myself singing, you know, Big Bottom. Big Bottom, Big Bottom, talk about bum cakes, my girl's got them. I mean, ah, uh, how could I leave this behind? What a great lyric. You know, sex farm, I'm working on a sex farm. You know, it's just absolutely brilliant, you know, and of course... They, they, they have all the trappings. See, I, I originally thought when I was looking into the research of this show, um, I thought, well, okay, Spinal Tap came out first, and then Bad News came out afterwards, and this is not the case. But um, Spinal Tap came out in '84, and, and Bad News '83. So it, it was. I mean, yes, the the concept of their show is '79, but the actual show itself. So was it influenced did they I don't know I don't think Rob Reiner personally would be interested in in, in, a, in a little show on Channel 4 uh, in England I just don't know unless he was doing research um, for the movie to add extra I don't know anyway um, so I just thought that was always the case I always also thought as well that Spinal Tap was more your Deep Purples your, DF, your D.O.'s your Elfs your, your Zeppelins your um, that look, you know, that where it was basic from. I didn't know, I didn't really put the new album ad bit to it because it was Americans and I just thought, oh, what they think about new album. Um, but if you actually look at any pictures of them, the band together, they actually look like Angel Witch. If you watch the video clip for Angel Witch, Angel Witch, um, wow, um, McKinnon could, McKinnon could be, uh, I said McKinnon. I keep getting McKinnon. See, I'm terrible with names, aren't I? McKean. Uh He looks just like the lead singer, lead singer of Angel Witch, to be honest. Um, of course, you know they also. I mean, I, they wear the spandex, the strappy spandex. It's so maiden, isn't it? Um, didn't really think about that either. It's funny, isn't it? You just I, because I have loved these two shows so much. I sort of separate them. I don't think that they're two entities. And also, I don't... It's unusual because 
um, I find American humour, uh, and this is no disrespect to American listeners, please don't tune off in droves, I, uh, I, I don't dig it, I don't really connect apart from a few things, there's a couple of things that are fantastic and I absolutely love, Seinfeld, Frasier, um, you know, things like that, I, you know, because it has sort of a, uh, a UK vibe to it, um, so I don't really connect them, and and also, you know, Spinal Tap was always a late night thing for me, it was always on past midnight, I remember seeing the first time I saw it, it was Christmas Eve, and I asked my dad if I could stay up to watch Spinal Tap, and it was on at 10 o'clock, and I knew it finished just before midnight, and I was like uh, 13, and he's like, yeah, you can do that, but you have to be in bed, I'm like, well, okay, so I, I stayed up, and I snuck a glass of brandy, my dad was asleep in his chair, uh, and I watched Spinal Tap, and I absolutely pissed myself laughing, because um, it was my brother's and my friends and the scene that I was I, I was around it was just crazy um, uh, so if you if you want to um, watch it it's on I think most streaming services around the world will have it whichever country you're in um, go and dig on go and grab the, the soundtrack from uh, 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 from this is Spinal Tap there's also a break like the wind they released afterwards but again I'm not talking about that one it's just about this is Spinal Tap I've got to go for a walk down the shops after this uh, and I'm going to put on this is Spinal Tap I think uh, and then followed by bad taste bad news I think anyway so what do we what do we conclude we conclude that I think that um, it's not as pioneering as I once thought um, it is, don't get me wrong, because all of us, one time or another, have said, it's okay, it goes up to 11. We've, we've all done it, right? Haven't we? Uh, all of us, heavy rockers, heavy metal, even just rock and roll in general, all of us have one time or another said, that's all right, it's louder because it goes up to 11. Okay, so it... <laughs> So it's very deeply grained within our psyche. I just don't think it's as original. I really think, uh, okay, second thoughts and apropos. That's a good word, apropos. Sounds like an Italian wine. Um, a glass of apropos, please. Uh, apropos to nothing. Um, it, it's the, I think of Spinal Tap as the, like the clean, um, Hollywood idea of what British grassroots heavy metal is was at that time. Um, it's brilliant because you know they all play their instruments. It's brilliant because it's a fly on the wall documentary, which I you know mockumentary, which I love. It's probably the greatest mockumentary outside of Bad News and maybe maybe Blowing in the Wind. Um, with the same guys from Spinal Tap. Uh, it's about folk music, highly recommend that as well. Um, it has more moments than you can shake a stick at. I've got, my dad got me for Christmas a couple of years ago, God bless him. He got me the um, Spinal Tap biography, special, like it's got like, it's an amazing book, it's got postcards, posters, fake information, tour information, um, record behind the student scenes recording. Um, 
it's just crazy. Um, of course, Spinal Tap went on to tour. Uh, friends of mine did see them. They're apparently very good live. Uh, a host of different musicians have played with them. Brian May, um, Slash, um, Lucifer, Steve Lucifer. I mean, lots of people have played with them. Uh, not like if cast your mind back, guys. Go go back in time with me. Come back. Go back in the midst of time to the early to mid seventies. There was a slew of bands that were not really what they were or said they were. Now the main one that I'm thinking of is the Wombles. Now those out there who know no idea what I'm talking about, you people in countries that may not have had the Wombles, Google them, YouTube them. They are bears, sorry not even bears, they're just furry creatures that live on Wimbledon Common that clean it up. They were, they were an animated show and they were so popular that they released albums and there were guys in suits um, and they were very 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 big singles the big one was Remember You're a Womble Remember You're a Womble uh, big big right in one of the suits was Chris Spedding Chris Spedding is one of the best guitarists you have never heard of he uh, produced helped produce the, uh, Nevermind the Bollocks there's rumours that he played on Nevermind the Bollocks, which is absolutely shameful because it was Steve Jones. There is no no doubt about that. Um, an amazing guitarist. But it was not the people in the suits, funnily enough, would you believe it, playing the music. Um, so there was a slew of that where Spinal Tap came on and they actually played their music. Um, you know, and um, Keen is actually a really good guitarist, so is Guest. Um, and you know Harry Shearer is just Harry Shearer he can do whatever he wants that man he always looks like a tramp doesn't he he never looks like he's actually had a wash or a shave or or even attempted to look I mean when you earn that kind of money uh, and that kind of fame with The Simpsons you don't know you can do what you want in it, I suppose but it was always Spinal Tap first anyway I've gone over on this first part. I'm going to reheat my tea or get, an, I don't have a microwave, I'm going to reheat my tea and make another one. Um, and then on the other side, we're going to come and talk about bad news. But yeah, do yourself a favor, get the movie on, listen to the soundtrack, enjoy the quotes. They are numerous and continuous and you will laugh from beginning to end and you will start whistling Sex Farm, Big Bottom, and you won't, you won't, you'll just, you'll just be like, well, why, what? Wait, what? I don't. Why am I singing that song in public? You just will be. All right. Anyway, I'm about to get another cup of tea. On the other side, we'll talk about the uh, British counterpart. Bad news. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back, guys. Um, and we've got a nice cup of, cup of tea here, ready to go. Next, feeling a little bit more lubricated. So, in the first part, we talked about Spinal Tap and it, you know how it's deep in all of our psyches as as musicians, as heavy metal lovers. Uh, well, it should be, I think. It really should be. It's like the um, one thing you should have and should know about. Um, but the one a lot of people don't know about, which is I find fascinating, because um, I mean, it might be a cultural thing. I mean, the American. The Americanization of the planet um, is more prevalent, I suppose, and people, it's a bigger production and people know more about it. But bad news. So there was a, a, a comedy explosion in the uh, that came out of the punk ethos of the late 70s um, called The Comic Strip. Now, The Comic Strip is basically uh, an anarcho-comedy collective. Say that when you're drunk quickly, right? An arco comedy collective sounds like a good name for a band. Uh, anyway, they they sort of wanted alternative comedy. They call it right. They wanted to get away from the you know the uh, my wife's so large jokes. You know, take but you know, um, take my mother my, my my mother-in-law please. You know those kind of awful working man's clubs. 
in the UK and I suppose in America it would have been things like Rodney Dangerfield and, and stuff like that um, you know sort of one liner sexist uh, racist homophobic um, and they took the punk scene ethos and they took that the inclusive inclusivity of women more and of, of race and gender and, 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 and sexual preference I suppose um, and they didn't care and I just wanted to make and it was all about I mean it helped that we had a terrible government as I mentioned in the last episode with Thatcher and so it was a good way about these uni students so most of them were uni students that was my knuckles um, most of them were uni students um, like just coming out the other side doing law degrees and socio socio sociology and so on I wanted to just uh, you know mainly from the comedy you know from like um, Footlights which is the like the Cambridge and Oxford where all the greats come from all the greatest comedians on earth who have ever been or are the greatest ever have come through there um, two of the greatest of course Peter Cook and Dudley Moore uh, God rest their souls the greatest comedy act ever um, you know and Python and the goodies and oh, I mean I could name so many anyway there was a little comedy store, a little a little uh, comedy store kind of thing in in Leicester Square called the Comedy Store, which I used to go to a lot as a teenager. I saw, you know, I saw Rick Mail, Aid Edmondson, um, just unbelievable. I used to sneak in, they didn't care, you know, if you were young. I was like 16, 15, 16. Anyway, so they produced, they got. As you'd imagine, when there's money behind something, people produce stuff. And so, Channel Four gave them a, a TV series. Um, they've been on all sorts. Ben, ben, ben Elton is the bank main. Everyone knows Ben Elton from Blackadder and other things. He's one of the mainstays as well. Um, they was they were had the, they had topical programs, but they wanted to make comedy like comedy one-off comedy pieces. And so they produced a company called The Comic Strip Presents, and it had Rick Mail, Aid Edmondson. Um, uh, you know, I mean, so many of the names um, that you know, um, Dawn French, Jennifer Saunders, um, I could name you know so many. That, that, I mean, if you look at the young ones, that's basically it. They made the young ones. That's it. So they made the young ones um, first, written by Ben Elton and his then partner, um, and you know, broke all boundaries. It had no discernible flow no storyline they got bands in because they want to get bands in because they like music they had violence they had um, nudity they had craziness they had animated things they had um, cutaway it, you, you've seen it I'm not going to tell you but basically it was anarchy it was punk distilled into a TV show and so then I wanted to do spread their wings a bit more. So they did the comic strip presents, which was well. My favourite one is the comic strip um, uh, uh, presents um, famous five go wild. Go is it go wild? God, she. I wasn't researching, but anyway, it's a, a famous five one, which is brilliant. Which is based on the Enid Blyton novels, and it's just dirty and and wrong and and very very funny. Um, lashings of cream, yes, um, but. And were, well, actually, no. My truly favourite one is one with, uh, as I said before, um, my favourite, my favourite comedians um, uh, in uh, uh, Peter Cook in a program called Mister Jolly Lives Next Door. 
I'll get to bad news, I'll get to it, but Mr. Jolly lives next door. It's about, it's Ada Edmondson and Rick Mail, and they've got a, they have a, an agency, um, and that help, like, you know, like, just trying to make money, you know, and above them is uh, a store, a, a, a little bit in, the, in their building, a floor above them is an office owned by called Mr. Jolly, and Mr. Jolly is a, turns out to be a hired killer. Okay, someone they get mixed up communications and they get the information that says take Nicholas Parsons out. Now, Nicholas Parsons, to you that don't know, was a famous TV presenter in the UK for a very, very long time, much, much derided and laughed at, also much loved. Um, and also, he was very much game for a laugh, was, was Nicholas Parsons. So, they think take him out as in take him out to see a show. Um, and turns out that they then get told to kill him. Uh, otherwise they'll get killed so um, they try all sorts of shoving hand grenades in the doors which they can't get them in so they put them in their pockets you know it's hilarious anyway that aside that's my favourite one not music related so they made bad news now bad news was the really was the sort of brainchild of uh, of A. Edmondson because he's actually a really talented guitarist um, and they sort of Produced this uh, this story uh, about a British heavy metal band, unsigned, um, on their first tour. Uh, very much, and it when you watch it, the camera style. They're from London. They're from the East End. They're going around and picking up each other from each house of houses. It's poorly shot. It's uh, Gonzo at the best kind of way. It's um, grainy. It feels dirty. It feels like London used to feel when I was a kid. Right, because I was from a poor family, so London felt that way. It didn't feel clean and polished like like the Americans. It was you know, hide everything behind a veneer of it's not really there. It felt dirty and, and unclean. And they go to the flats and they're picking up, you know, they're picking up um, Nigel Planer as a drummer who plays cog, um, uh, who plays um, sorry, like Nigel Planer is the rhythm guitarist. Den Dennis, you know, um, Adam plays uh, Vim for Wago great name right and then you you got then they go and get Rick Mail he's Colin Greeks and he's the he's the posh one of the band right obviously he was he's doing it to repel against his family he's the bass player who's not a good bass player but he's got all the equipment right so they want him in the band because he's got the equipment now I've been in those bands where I was in bands not myself but we had guys in bands because they had the equipment I was a, a, a very short-lived punk band called Spit very very good name eh um, they wanted to call it Spunk, uh, but I thought it was a bit on the nose. <laughs> and so Spit it was, and it lasted about three weeks. Um, anyway, I had a bass and no amp. I think God, his name's, I'm going to say Steve, but I'm, it's amidst the time now. He had transport and bass amps and guitar amps and drum, ride, uh, drum kits. Crazy. Um, so anyway. So yeah, so he's in the band. He's the posh one, and then you got um, you got uh, uh, um, so uh, you got Re uh, Peter Richardson on drums, who plays Spider Eight Legs Web. He's great. Got a lovely laugh, <laughs> like typical kind of parody of stupid drummers, um, and that and what it is about them touring up and down the country. Um, with this, it's like they're being videoed by um, 
Jennifer Saunders. She's like the this like she's a good parody of the music press reporters that were from the NME and from uh, Sounds at the time, you know, and not from Kerrang, because Kerrang was just sort of burgeoning out, but, um, and so, you know, she's got the short haircut, the punky haircut, the, the black jacket and the makeup and the, the swagger, um, and they pick up, uh, pick up Dawn French on the way, and she's a schoolgirl, and she's underage, um, not that anything naughty goes on, I'm not saying that, no, she just should be in school, they just pick her up, take her to the gig. Um, I think it, it's safe because, in some respect, because if you look at it in the back of it, because in the crew is um, Jennifer Saunders, so it's two females. It's not weird, um, uh, and it's about their failed gig. Um, there's a wonderful line in it where they're driving up the motorway in this van that can barely start. That's owned by um, Nigel Planer, and someone says something about not being heavy metal, and, he's, and he just pulls up and uh, he gets out of the. Um, the van is like, I'm not going anywhere if we're not heavy metal. What are we? I thought we were heavy metal. Um, and uh, in the middle of the motorway. And then they have to take the shot of them coming under the flyover so many times because the cameraman can't get it. it the cameraman the director starts fighting with the band. Um, Vim uh, is, I mean, he's just... <sighs> it, the guys out there that have been in bands, um, like myself, and I'm sure there's a lot of out there, we've all been with players like him who have talent but push it don't really they, they're a bit one dimensional and then they want to take over everything so when they do the solo like Steve Harris I love God bless you Steve Harris but um, you always want to be the centre of the stage don't you sometimes Bruce gets a bit funny and has to knock you out of the way but uh, uh, at the early days Steve wanted to be in the front I don't blame him it's his band right? and you have that much talent do what you want um, anyway, they they sort of um, we've recorded a few songs, um, uh, uh, and they've released now um, "Bad News," which I have, which is fantastic. And I know Matt loves his copy, and he plays a Christmas. He released a Christmas single, and um, "Cashing In on Christmas," brilliant, <laughs> fucking brilliant. And I think he plays that um, a lot. There's old Matt. Um, now I didn't see them at Donington in '86. They did play at Donington '86. Um, I went the following year, '87. Uh, was it '88? No, '88. I apologise. I tell us two years later. Um, and it's a apocryphal story there because they came on um, to people chucking containers full of piss at them, which they did a lot of that Donington, right? Beer cans, piss, all sort of shit. And and Aid has a guitar, and he's a special guitar that he absolutely loves. He's all had all his life. His dad bought for him, I think. And he really treasured it. Um, and Rick came on, grabs it and smashes it, if I remember rightly. Now, I know that it really upset... Um, it really upset uh, Aid for some time. Um, I think that Rick, God bless his soul, um, replaced it. There was a fantastic bit in the sequel, uh, Bad New, uh, the second one they made, where uh, Rick gets out of bed and he's wearing a Marillion shirt. You know my heart sang when that happened? I'm like, oh. Oh, now it's so uncool to be a Marillion fan in '84, right? But it was like, oh, he's wearing a Marillion shirt. Um, it was actually the, if I remember rightly, it's the it's the Marcus Queer Heroes. No, yes, it's the Marcus, Marcus Queer Heroes 12-inch cover on the on the t-shirt. Anyway, so really interesting. They had, a lot of, I think, Brian May also because uh, they released a single that did very well in the charts. Um, the Bohemian Rhapsody. 
uh, and that actually had Brian May on it, I think on the video as well. Um, they weren't new to releasing a single because the, the if anyone remembers the Red Nose um, comic relief single, uh, Living Doll with Cliff Richard, you know, where, it was, where Aid Edmondson was so loud when they recorded the single because it was the, it was the, um, it was the, the Young Ones persona. They had to put him in another room and record him separately, which is just brilliant. And everyone loves Ed Edmondson's very metal jacket, you know, and the piercings and the chain and the Mohican and the, not sure if he's punk or he's metal and the studs in the forehead. Ah, fantastic. Um, yeah, uh, and they played in the Marquee Club with guest appearances by Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck, you know, only like God, Jeff Beck, right? Um, Brian May, and they also um, opened for Maiden. I, I didn't know this until I did the research. I'm not sure what tour it was, but if anyone out there might knows who was there, I'd love to know. But I'd say it was probably something around the. It had to be something around Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Got to be a no. That's 1990. Might be, or it might have been uh, somewhere back in time. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, you know they've been releasing stuff regularly. Sadly, we lost Rick Mail um, about a heart attack after he came back from jogging um, a few years ago. Back now in 2014. Um, but the difference between the two. Okay, so I'm rambling here because I'm going to go close to an hour, I think. But the difference to the two is that I'm culturally more connected as a as a British heavy metal lover. Weirdly, uh, not weirdly to bad news because of my love of the anarcho side of life and the punk side of life than I am to Spinal Tap. I deeply love Spinal Tap and I have, you know, I can quote it ad nauseum, um, you know, uh, like, but, you know, there's a great one, there's a great line in the second, and I've, I've used this in my time with people when they roll their eyes at me. Um, that where in the second when they make the sequel, uh, bad news on uh, bad news on, uh, again is it bad news on tour? That's the first one. Um, excuse me, I have to. I think it's just bad news rise again. Bad news, more bad news. Sorry, that's it. Um, in 1988, I uh, it, they go into the record shop to go and try and buy one of their singles, and they, the guy behind the counter can't find it, and uh, he goes, "Is that?" on the frilly pink label and go, yeah so he goes uh, would you like anything else girls and they they go long hair they jump over and they're trying to uh, smack the shit out of them oh, it's it's hilarious and then they try to do the video with them on motorbikes and the wind machines and you know and all they're interested in is, is the crates of lager that's kept in that they're getting paid you know they realise that they're out of so much in debt um, for this shitty single that they're releasing that's gonna do that's gonna go nowhere. Um it it I, I, I am more connected because I'm only you know six years or so younger than they were when they were when they recorded and made um the album and the T V show. So it's sort of whereas with the American Spinal Tap, it was more of uh, I think you if you love your heavy metal you'll go to Spinal Tap first because you will because everyone does and then you'll go to Bad News and you know what if you've got a love of British comedy and that sort of 
cheap production that Channel 4 were pumping out in the early days because they had no money. It was a new independent channel, very new actually at that time. I mean, you won't believe this now, yet with the proliferation of thousands of channels, particularly in America, um, we only had four channels. The thing about that is, though, when you're limited, you make great stuff. When you have unlimited uh, resources, you make crap. And, and, and honestly, that's what happens. Um, it's one of the reasons why um, American sitcoms leave me cold. Um, great sitcoms, um, and I have a, uh, I do study comedy, um, and I'm probably going to do a, a separate podcast for that, um, and a YouTube channel. I'm thinking about it. Um, great comedy is, it's it's short bursts, you know, six six episodes, three series, done, get out, go, don't come back. Um, the only series that really sort of defines that or, or, or goes against that for quality is Dad's Army. Again, very British, okay? Um, Seinfeld, possibly. Friend, Frasier, possibly, as I said before. So, that's what I'm saying. So, when you've got a small amount of money and a small amount of time, you infinitely use your, t- your, um, your resources with greater respect. And I think that's why I sort of love Bad Taste more... Oh no! Oh God! No, I shouldn't say that. I can't. I love them equally, um, but they are just two different things. Uh, culturally, those guys on the other side of the pond are going to love Spinal Tap, and of course they are because it's just well written, well directed, well produced. Um, it's f- almost faultless. But there's just something about bad news, as you can see. This this section is a bit longer than the, the first section. I have sort of more connection, but. Do grab you. Do yourself a favour. You can. It's a bit more difficult to find bad news. I have to do on go on Daily Motion to find it. Um, it can be on some streaming. I'm sure overseas. We're limited in Australia to what streaming we can get, unless you've got a VPN. And I don't do all that shit. Um, so find it on YouTube if you can, or someone's got it on DVD or VHS if you're still using that. Or as I said, it's on YouTube. It's on um, Spotify. Grab it. Listen to it you'll absolutely cack yourself both Spinal Tap and that so anyway that's me rambling on and over if I've missed anything as I usually do every week I always finish an episode and go shit like last week I I had so much more to say about the Ramones anyway that's a follow up episode I suppose Um, enjoy it keep safe Uh, do come and see me on my new Facebook page Uh, you can now um, talk to me there or message me there at Heavy Metal Tones on Facebook um I, my podcast will pop up there, but as of the 2nd of June, uh, Facebook's taken it away. I don't know why, but they're just taking it away from everyone, that facility. So I can still pa- cut and paste it in there, but it won't pop up automatically. You'll have to go to your normal places. Uh, I'll also put in the show notes a link to the Aces High and to my interview with Tony Martin. I'm going to be doing more interviews. Uh, I've hopefully got some lined up with Tony Doolin for Venom for the new album coming out. I did have one set up for um, Dick and Schneider from Accept, or, or you know, Accept, uh, but um, that that's unfortunately fallen through at the moment. That might come back. Uh, anyway, also have a good peruse around Middle Middle Ruse. It's a fantastic resource, a great reviews. Not because it's my reviews are on there, and because I run the review page, but it's because it's just well made. Put up. Um, place to be so that's me over and done with keep safe i'm gonna go and refresh my cup of tea go for a walk stick on spinal tap and bad news loudly and uh have a giggle to myself um so keep safe 
keep away from anything horrible keep rocking and we'll talk to you soon bye guys Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.